<laughs> All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Millennial Sales Podcast. This is episode 193. This is your host, Tommy Tahoe. Uh, Tom Malemo is uh, my real name. And thank you for joining and thank you for listening. And I'm excited to give you another interview with a top tier sales leader to help you uh, further your career and your development. Uh, and I want to set some context for the conversation. So, you know, how often do we get stuck in the numbers in sales, right? Um, you know, we're worried about our meetings, we're worried about our activities, you know, hitting our quota, you know, what our W2 is going to be, right? And, uh, you know, for good reason, right? If you don't hit your numbers, bad things happen. If you hit your numbers, good things happen uh, for you and your career and, and everything. So especially in sales where it is just a scoreboard type of career, whether you like it or not, if that's what we're signing up for. But here's a caveat, because if all you do is focus on the numbers, right, that's not what makes your numbers get better, right? It's kind of like working out. Let's say you want to increase your bench press, right? If all you do all day is stare at the number of how much you just bench pressed and how much you want to bench press, you're not going to get stronger. The way you get stronger is to actually do the thing, to do the activity of lifting weights and getting the right protein and then rest and all that stuff and it becomes a continuous cycle. But it's the process, it's the things, right? So in sales, not only is it the activities though, it's also the relationships, it's the people. And that's what we're talking about, about today is people over everything with Christine Rogers. Christine is the president and COO of Aspireship. She's got a cool two decades in sales and entrepreneurship experience. And man, I had a freaking blast talking to Christine. I got to tell you people, she's awesome. Uh, she has such a great uh, personality that really flows through you know, the screen or through your headphones, depending on where you're listening to this. And I think not only are you going to get a lot of wisdom from her, you're going to get a lot of inspiration from her. You're going to get a lot of tactical advice that you can take to your career and you're gonna to wanna to just connect with her. You're gonna to wanna to talk to her. So uh, first things first, go hit up Christine Rogers uh, on LinkedIn, get to know her. Um, she is you know, a member of you know, Revenue Collective, if you're a member of that. She uh, you know, joins a lot of the Thursday night sales that Scott Lease and Amy Volus put out. She's active in the community. So hit her up and, and try to spur a conversation if you'd like. Um, Christine and I talk about a few main things in this episode. Uh, the first is people over everything, right? Focusing on the people, on the relationships, and not just because it's the right thing to do, but because it helps you in your career. It helps you to have a more fulfilling life and career, makes it more enjoyable, makes this all this, you know, all the effort that you have to put in worth it. So we talk about that for a lot. We talk about her career arc going from insurance uh, sales to being an entrepreneur to getting into software and now. Uh, at Aspireship, what she's doing and what they're building there, which is really cool, helping uh, connect wannabe salespeople with some of the top tech companies in the world, which is really amazing, and training those people to become salespeople uh, and get an SDR job. Uh, we also talk about uh, why she does not want us to say crush it anymore. Uh, we talk uh, openly about relationships to start off this podcast, personal relationships, which we may have not covered on this show before, but I'm happy to do it, happy to get more vulnerable. So uh, we went really all over the place in the best way possible. 
Um, again, you're going to love Christine's infectious energy. We had a great conversation. Um, one quick note before I get into that interview with her. If you'd like to show some love, show some support for the podcast. Uh, this is episode 193. We've been doing this for three and a half years. We've got no ads here for you, but the way that you can support is go to Apple Podcast, take one minute, leave a five-star review. That helps the show's reach. That helps us, uh, helps me to get better guests, helps me to create a more valuable show for you all. Really, that's what that does. Um, and if you like it, see a friend, tell a friend, share this out on social media, text it to a friend, email it to someone, send it to your team Slack channel uh, as a way to look good. You know, whatever it is, I'd appreciate any shares. I'd appreciate a review. You can also check me out here on Spotify. Uh, we're on YouTube, anywhere that you listen to podcasts. I appreciate you tuning in. Uh, you can learn more about me and hit me up at Twitter or Instagram at Tommy Tahoe, uh, LinkedIn, Tom Alamo. I'm super accessible. I love connecting with people that listen to the podcast. Um, and maybe we'll get you on the show someday. So uh, hit me up, leave a review. Without further ado, let me get into this wide ranging conversation with my friend, Christine Rogers. Let's go. All right, Christine Rogers, good morning. Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, Tom. So excited to be here. Yeah, I love that sweater. Oh, I know. <laughs> I love a good animal print. I was trying to I was trying to think this morning, like, how's that going to look? And I thought, you know what? I don't care. I don't care. It's good. It's just me this morning, which is a little wild. Yeah, I love that. Have you read <laughs> this is this is maybe like taking one thing and this is maybe a stretch, but have you read the book Untamed by Glennon Doyle? Oh, yeah, I'm a cheetah. i gotta tell you my girl my well now fiance is obsessed uh with that book and and with her so i've read it and um i loved it too actually good for you what um well i am really impressed by that i felt like it was a very uh poignant book i mean there were points of it where i thought how come i have never thought this before you know like i am not i'm a pretty astute person and i've never realized how silly some of this stuff is that we've kind of lived into so i'm impressed that you read it too good for you yeah well you know i feel like 2020 is a year that you know a lot of us have maybe taken the blinders off that we had for in a lot of different ways and for me You know, I think a part of that is like, you know, a lot of the things that have been happening in you know, social justice movement and everything that's gone on. But like, even to an extent, like, I just know myself as who I am and how I grew up as, you know, a, a white male in, you know, Massachusetts. That's my background. And so, um, at, you know, having a fiance that is also in sales and also really driven and also very type A, like, you know, we have more of a, um, you know, more of a, a modern relationship. And so I wanted to educate myself, like, what's it, what's it like? I don't know what it's like to, you know, grow up as a woman and the challenges that, um, you know, people face and, and just kind of like the, you know, the ways that we're kind of molded as kids in different ways. I just find all that to be really interesting. And, um, you know, something that I didn't think about much until like, you know, the last year or two. So, um, I just find that stuff interesting. I love that. I think that's great. Good for you for doing that. Good for her for being, you know, right in the mix and and talking with you about all those things. And you think about, you know, if and when you guys just choose to have children or create a family, I mean, what a better place and a good mindset to be in, not necessarily having to live into those gender norms from a very small age. Like what an amazing, what an amazing opportunity that is just to have two parents that are thinking that same way. 
Yeah. I mean, and, and totally. I, I think it's something that I feel like, and this is not how I usually would start a sales interview, but <laughs> I'm interested. But I'm interested. But I'm interested in talking about it. It's like I don't. I don't feel like I have a lot of role models in that type of space. Like yeah. in a new in a new model. You know, it's like I'm coming from. You know, it, my parents both worked. You know, my mom was in sales and then she was in marketing and still is. And so I feel like I have a little bit of that. You know, that mentality of like you know an equal workforce and equal people bringing in you know money into the family and so on and so forth. But for the most part, I don't know. It just like the gender norms and stuff like. I feel like sometimes I'm flying without a map. Mm-hmm. No, I think, and I think probably now we're we're seeing and hearing and becoming more aware than we probably ever have before. I, th- I feel like we're having more conversations than we've ever had before and hearing different people's story. I mean, just the idea of privilege and, you know, yeah, I'm a woman, but I'm also a white woman. Like, and I, I have mm-hmm. so many things to learn as well. So I think it's, I think it's a great time to do that exploration and be, you know, uh, open to maybe updating, you know, that's, Mm -hmm. that's what I'm just trying to, okay. I'm not saying necessarily like with some family members and things, I'm not asking you to change monumental change, but is there a way, I mean, that we could just maybe just update a little, just like update the software kind of situation. Is there a little bit that we could do there that might be interesting? And, um, and I'm finding there's more openness than probably, there was before in some areas. So I'm grateful for that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think that's just something that, you know, everyone relationship is such a, uh, you know, individualized thing and everyone goes about it in a different way. But, um, you know, one of the reasons I love doing this podcast is meeting people that are, you know, really successful in, you know, sales or entrepreneurship, but I feel like the people that I look up to and follow and connect with, you know, I don't know you that well, but like probably like yourself do challenge a lot of those norms and try to make, you know, their relationships or their life fit to the mold that they want to create. Right. It doesn't have to be the way that it always has been or the way that someone else did it. And um, again, I'm just, I'm just inferring. I I barely even know you, but I imagine (laughs) that you might be someone that does, does something like that. Well, I think that we have an idea of the way to be successful is A plus B equals C. And in sales, we have, we are so process oriented and, you know, we have methodologies and we have word tracks and we have scripts and, you know, we have all the things to try. And this year has really taught us that, that we need to throw some of that out and really kind of start from scratch and um, be interesting and be interested and do things a little differently. And my team gives me a really hard time because um, I, whenever I hear the crush it, I'm like, why do we have to crush things? <laughs> like, why? You know, why do we have to dominate? Why do we have to crush? Why do we have to like pulverize and do a, mm. why are, why do we use those words? Like, you know, we have goals. We want to hit our goals. We want, I'm not, I'm a very driven goal oriented person, but you know, it seems like it's when we create the win-lose as the only possible outcomes, it starts to get really uncomfortable. And I think that's where we've had and seen and been a part of burnout, you know, over, over the years. And, um, you know, I'm not proud of all of the ways I've led before. And I think it's, I think it's a good awakening and a time to think, you know, they, they laugh because anytime somebody says crush it, where they all look at me or we're going to crush this or blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, can't we just hug it? Can't we just like <laughs> snuggle it? Like, what can we, like, why do we have to pulverize something? Why are we talking right. about 
you know, and it's just a different reframe to get us all to realize like, we're not, we're not curing cancer. Yeah. It's a job. We're slinging software. We're, you know, or we're doing technology or we're, we're helping people um, and we're getting them jobs and whatever the thing is that we're doing uh, in selling, let's not mistake it for the most um, important thing in the world. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, let's just keep it reasonable. That's, that's super, well, two things. One is, you know, the, the verbiage of things matters. Like sometimes we say things and just because we say them or we're not thinking about it, but the way you frame something, you know, especially as a leader dictates how people might go about that job. If you say, Hey, we're going to, we're going to destroy the phones today. You know, like that's kind of like reminds me of like a Wolf of Wall Street mentality or something, you know, where it's mm -hmm. like, you're not, you might go, you know, you might go, you know, hammer the you, phone and call, make a hundred calls. You <laughs> You almost said crush it. Oh, we'll cut that out. Uh, no, <laughs> no, no, it's I'm perfect. just kidding. I'm yeah. just kidding. Uh, so, but like, if you go out and you make a hundred calls, like you might do that and that's great, but you might just be a total like asshole or like pushy salesperson, right? Versus the mentality or the, the way that you phrase things with, you know, anything that you communicate with the team, um, I think is, is really important. And um, you touched on uh, kind of, you know, maybe how you have evolved as a leader. And I was listening to you on uh, the Surf and Sales podcast. It sounds mm -hmm. like maybe you uh, have kind of adjusted the way that you work with people and around like maybe not pushing them as hard. Or uh, it sounded like earlier in your career, like there was times where it's like people were, you know, doing the the normal sales thing of like, Hey, it's, you know, Christmas Eve or whatever. And it's, you know, 1159 and we're, you know, making sure that we try to get that last deal in versus trying to take account for, you know, burnout and just all the other things that, that people have going on in their lives and making, you know, again, we're not curing cancer. Uh, if you are, and you're listening to this, thank you. But, you know, otherwise it's like, well, you know, there's, this is a, this is a part of our lives. This is a part of everything else that's going on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I think um, I think there's an interesting notion because I'm I'm a performer, like, and I believe mm. in high performance. But really, what I'm trying to figure out is how can you have high performance um, and like excitement and you know real strong belief in what you're doing, and also have some really good strong boundaries and um, be healthy. And I think we're all trying to figure those things out. And when, even when you just said, you know, maybe you're not pushing people as hard or, or maybe you did some, like immediately I almost start to cringe because I, I get the feeling like, oh, now we're not going to be hitting goals or now we're not going to be do you know, right, we're not going to be right, able to grow. Right. Like I, immediately I have that natural reaction too, just to hearing kind of you regurgitate what I probably said, you know, on that specific podcast, but trying to, to inspire, excite, um, but not do um, things that are not sustainable or not do things that are, um, you know, I talk about this a little bit where like air cover, like what you do sometimes to get to certain things is not what you should do every day because that may, you know, maybe it, it, it overinflates something and then onboarding is having to figure out what to do with this person or, you know, because you over like you over promised or you, yeah. you know, did some, so it's like, sometimes those things cause problems, but for the sake of goals, 
I have seen before and not just in companies that work at lots of different companies where we sacrifice certain things and in order to hit certain business outcomes or goals that we're working on. And sometimes you know what those are and sometimes you don't know what those are, but I think it's just an important time to um, ask all the right questions, get the information and do the best we can without, um, you know, kind of like whipping the horses. It's, you know, yeah. it's, it's not a good place to be. Yeah. Place. And you mentioned the word sustainable, which is super interesting because it's, uh, it's sustainability is a huge topic in a lot of areas, you know, in, um, you know, what we're doing, we're, you know, for climate change and, you know, in the fashion industry or in the, you know, in the way that we're doing consumer, you know, packaged goods, but we don't talk about that a lot in like a sales culture, especially at like mm -hmm. a startup sales culture. So mm -hmm. is that something you, you think about a lot of like, Hey, we have this great company that we're building. You know, we, we love the purpose. We're helping our clients. We're helping these people out. We have these aggressive goals that we want to hit and we're going to hit, mm -hmm. but we need to do so sustainably so that the people don't burn out or leave or their, you know, uh, you know, interest and, um, you know, abilities don't kind of fade out because we've, you know, kind of cracked the whip too hard. Is that like, how do you, how do you balance that in a world of venture capital and all these goals that everyone has to hit? And, you know, you're, I'm sure, you know, the CEO and whoever else that, you know, people have to report to is, you know, trying to always push it higher and higher. Like, that's just such a tough mm -hmm. balance. How do you, how do you do that? I think there's a couple of things that I think about. So first, I don't, I don't have this thing. I don't have this cooked. I don't have this baked. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. <laughs> but these are just my thoughts around it is that, um, you know, when you think about your customer, uh, if you create something for them that pretty much can, you know, get them where they need to be, and then maybe some, some finessing and work of the team can help get it there until the product gets to where it needs to be or does different things like that. When I think about this, it's like, if you don't make those changes and adjustments to make sure that your product is right for your client, then when I say like things might not be sustainable, it's like you have to have people sometimes do those things in order to make it work for your client and customer keep them happy and keep them coming back. So number one, I think it's really important to know, you know, does your product fit with your customer, your client? If it's not being clear and being honest about it and saying, these are the places where we need to maybe make some adjustments or, or do something different and not get fooled that like this kind of way that we're making things work is the way unless that's how the plan goes. Like if sometimes it, you just make things work and people make things work and um, we're just so resilient like that. And usually that's because you yeah. have great people that it's like, if this customer isn't getting what they need and this is actually where we need to be going with this product, but right now we can make it work for her. You know, mm -hmm. we, we'll, we'll do what we can. So it's like noting that those things are happening and not thinking we're fine, but also planning for what's the next thing. And that's when your people trust you, that you see them, you see the work they're doing. You see that it's not meeting the needs of the clients current. And then you make the commitments to keep moving forward. And I think um, it's just one of those things that's an important piece. And, I, and it doesn't mean that we're not constantly going to do that because it's never going to be perfect. And the evolution yep. of our business and of our product and of our offering 
should always be changing and evolving as the market, as our customers need more or less or whatever. So I think it's just, um, those are just a bunch of thoughts that I have about creating something that um, is, is like kind of the long, a longer uh, play here to really mm-hmm. understand what rather than like, let me make it look really good and kind of try to schlep it or sell it or do something with it really quickly before you actually look under the covers and see what's there, you know, yep. but really, really trying to build something solid. Yep. And wanting to, yeah, like you're saying, play the long game. You want, you're not trying to, you know, sling a deal and have a customer for a month or a quarter. No. Like it's, it's building no. those longer term relationships and, and, that kind of segues me to, you know, I'd love to take a step into your kind of career trajectory mm-hmm. and, you know, from, from checking out on LinkedIn and this might, this might segue from, you know, what it looks like you started off in insurance and it uh-huh. looks like you might've even in, like done the insurance throughout mm-hmm. college from the timeline. Is that right? Did you start like the first year you you were in college? And if so, was that like, Hey, I need to sell or make, have a job to pay for college or, I'm just super hungry and like, I'm going to, you know, do my classes and then like start my career early. Like what was the impetus of that? That was funny. So yeah, I mean, I'd, I started my, in college, I needed to get a job and I started as um, an insurance. Basically what you do is they called it at that point, like an ex dater. So funny. I'm totally dating myself. That's like telemarketing pretty much. So you're, all you're trying to do is find out when people's expiration dates of their policies are. So think about your auto insurance. It comes up every six months. So really I wasn't trying to sell anything. That was my first, but that was my first kind of job is just, Hey, I don't want to sell anything, but like, when, when does it expire? Then we knew that, you know, about a month prior is a good time to call them Mm -hmm. and get that. So that was my first job. And then I just learned more and more got licensed, um, learned, I was training insurance agents. So just kind of, yeah, started that, did that for quite some time and, Mm -hmm. um, had a, just an amazing leader, an amazing boss who really taught me a lot about how to treat people through this and was very well respected. So, um, he really enabled me a lot to make a lot of decisions. And, um, you know, we, I had a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun and then went into my own business, uh, right after that, um, bought into a retail store that I was actually shopping at. (laughs) So it was a, uh, kind of a boutique retail store for baby furniture. And, Mm -hmm. um, so did that, uh, for a few years. And what, that was really a big, huge learning experience. So that's when I actually started realizing there was a sales process and there's a sales process in everything. And that was fascinating. So, you know, new mom comes in, maybe just finds out they're pregnant. The next time she comes in, she brings her best friend that she um, has bought furniture from me before. The third time, usually it was grandma and usually grandma's buying the crib. And so that was probably what was going to happen. And then the fourth time was dad to get the rest of the furniture and do all the other things. But, you know, really understanding each of them needed different conversations. Each of them had different things that were important to them. So I didn't actually know all of those things because insurance is something that people have to have. So they're just pretty much buying on, do I trust you as my person? And if the two in the morning, I get in a car wreck, you're going to take care of me. And do right. I trust that the company is going to have the money to take care of me, you know, to replace my car, et cetera. So it's a little bit different um, 
this was like just night and day different. You know, it was all yeah. emotional and they, it was all about trust. And it was about setting expectations and saying, Hey, you want this specific color. Now this is, this is six to eight weeks to get it in mm-hmm. this specific color. You're going to probably get crazy between now and then because <laughs> you want your crib there. You want your nursery done. So like, we have to actually talk about the fact that like, when you call me nutso, what do you want me to say? Because like, we're still going to be within that timeline. And so it was a really yeah. good learning experience. Um, also heartbreaking when we had to close it really like that yeah. was our dream. So yeah, a lot of learnings there. And I think that's where my heart for kind of the entrepreneurial small business, um, I just really respect it so much. Yeah. What was that? What was that decision-making process like? Cause I imagine you were probably doing pretty well at the insurance, um, you know, as an insurance agent doing training yeah. and probably pretty well financially after like seven or eight years then to jump into an entrepreneurial venture. Um, was that like a tough decision for you to make? Was it, did you feel like you were risking like your past career? Cause I feel like, you know, I, this is not the same really at all, but I, you know, I left my first job this year that I had coming out of college. I was there for five years. Okay. And there's that, like, there's leaving your first job, especially if you've been there for a while, there's some hesitancy. There's like, Oh, you know, is everything going to be like this? Like, am I going to do well anywhere? Is like, this is the only thing I can do. And like, there's kind of that, that imposter syndrome, maybe in the back of your head, because you've only proven to yourself that you can really do that one thing professionally, at least at that point. You know, we are just so capable. And here's what I really do believe at the core. If you are a learner, if you can learn and are committed to learning, and I feel like this is who you are. I mean, you're picking up books, you're reading books that are, but you know, we're just, we're starting off talking about untamed. Um, I believe that that type of insatiable um, personality, trying to always, you know, take it to the next level, maybe gets bored easily. Just that's kind of me, you know, um, where it's like, ah, you know what? I have this insurance thing down in it. I'm really comfortable. And, um, this is not a challenge any longer. And I'm a little bit bored. And, um, I was really passionate about, and I had seen, you know, so many people be able to do well in owning their own business. And I kind of had like that American dream feeling like I'd love to work for Mm -hmm. myself. And that's, that's what happened. And I think that probably we, I'm not going to say we all, because there are people that are super happy doing the same thing their whole life and live, you know, do 25 years or 30 years. My husband's one of those types of people that like, you know, he, um, he's a cop and he is great at it. And, you know, it was funny because by the time, you know, he was a few years in and I said, by this time I would have already been like promoted to Lieutenant. I don't even know. Like, what are you doing? And he's (laughs) like, Hey, I'm just, I like he, what he's doing and learning and what his, like his path is different than mine. And so it's just so different because it's not, there's nothing wrong with either way. It's about knowing Mm -hmm. yourself. Mm -hmm. And for me, it was like, yeah, I'm a little, I'm a little afraid. I'm a little nervous. And guess what? It didn't work out. Like Mm -hmm. it didn't work out for me. We ended up like the economy tanked. We had to close it. It didn't work out. We had to file bankruptcy. Like it was Mm -hmm. a mess. There were a lot of things that happened, but I learned a ton there. And also, um, 
like I look back and think, man, if I had only known those few things, these different things, like I don't think I would have had to um, close it, but look at the different trajectory that my path took. So I think, yeah. uh, you know, it's all my, my executive coach. She always says, Christine, things happen in time and on time. And Ooh. I uh, really love that. Like that, that really resonated with me. I don't really love everything happens for a reason. Not to say that I don't believe it, but for whatever reason, nobody ever says that when anything good happens. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's like, I just got a promotion. Everything happens for a reason. You just don't really hear that. You know, right, um, right. it's only when bad stuff happens. So I guess maybe I have a little trauma response there, but um, in time yeah. and on time, <laughs> really sits well for me. Yeah. Things happen in time and on time. And I just kind of kept that focus. How long have you been working with the executive coach? Um, I worked with her. Uh, so I've worked with her multiple times at different companies. Let me think, I believe it was 2014 was when we met. So, you know, five, six years. Yeah. And has that had a major impact on you? I mean, obviously if you're kind of picking things back up, but like, how does, how does a coach help you, you know, with mm -hmm. your leadership process or as a, as a business person? I think that's super important. So not all coaches are good for everyone. So mm -hmm. that is one thing to really, um, to really pay attention to is picking someone that can help you with the things that you want to learn, develop and grow. And it's like, um, it's, I've talked with multiple people and, this is a thing like you need to yeah. pick the right person to invest uh, in. And she is very different than I am and mm. very um, uh, like warm and also had a lot of like, I was really moving into more executive level positions and needed some guidance on um, being a better like executive partner, being a better executive yep. collaborator. Um, and also not just thinking that I was being silly when I was coming with questions. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, she has probably some of the best advice she gave me as I'm like, you know, I just, it would be moments where I think maybe I'm being silly about this, but like, I actually am concerned that I might get, you know, replaced by where somebody else is going to come to the table and then they're going to be like, Oh, Christine, you're only a VP. We don't need that. Cause now we have a C level or we, and mm -hmm. she's like, Oh no, that's very likely to happen. And also because you're a woman, it's more likely to happen. Mm -hmm. So she was like very clear that like point my, point, yeah. um, and we can have conversations called, let's talk about this now before it even becomes an issue. And you have those mm -hmm. conversations with the people that you need to have. And because we're forward looking, I wasn't just here and focused on what's happening right now. So she really helped me understand about how to look to the future and how to set myself up with great and poignant and I would say very intentional communication now so that in the future, it's, it's setting a good foundation so that when decisions get made, we've already talked through these uh, possible scenarios. And do you wish that you did that earlier? Or do you think it, it makes more sense to do it at the level that you're at? Like, would it make sense for someone earlier in their career to hire an outside eye? And, and the reason I ask is like, mm -hmm. oftentimes as a salesperson, or maybe a, a SDR or a frontline manager, you have your one on one with your boss. And it's, you know, they have a vested interest in you doing, you know, your thing well, and they have their set of eyes from, you know, upper management or, or wherever. And my imagination is that 
with your coach, you know, she doesn't sound like she works for Aspireship. It doesn't sound like she's worked at the companies that you've worked at before. So she can give you this objective view because, mm-hmm. you know, your results at the company are not, you know, are, are not impacting her. You know, she doesn't mm-hmm. have a vested interest in that business. She has a vested interest in you doing the right thing for you. So do you mm-hmm. think it's, it's, it's ever too early for someone to try to do something like that? Um, I don't know how to answer that exactly. I can tell you for me, it would have been too early. So I wasn't ready to make investments. And so, uh, also, you know, sometimes your company pays for it. Sometimes you're paying for it. So it, it, it can be different things. And I think that that matters because usually executive coaches are, are, um, not cheap. You know, that's something that you're making an investment in. I can tell you though, I had great sponsors and good mentors prior to that. And um, I know there's a lot of talk about mentorship uh, right now in the space. And I think it's really important. Um, And, you know, that is more of a like reciprocated, like we're working together on things. We're growing together. Yes, there's a mentee and a mentor, but um, you know, it, it really does help to think about you know, maybe that's a good first place. Also, how do you dance with others that are not your boss? That's a good thing for you to know as well. Because, mm-hmm. you know, I've had some pretty hard conversations with her name is Catherine with Catherine. And she's um, been very instrumental on other points of my, t- of my career. Like, I think I might be done at this job. And because she's been with me and understood me for a while, then what happens is she's able to say, are you, um, are you just not liking what's going on or what's happening or what part Mm. of this, is there anything left that you need to finish before this? Or are there, she asks hard questions because you're right. She's for me. She's standing for me. And Mm. what, yes, she wants my impact to be, to be big, my impact to be meaningful in whatever company or, or whatever organization or whatever, um, environment that I'm in. She wants it to be good, but, but she's also standing for me like, Hey, are you taking the easy way out here? And, and that has been pivotal um, because there were moments where, you know, you kind of get fearful and you're like, I'm done. I'm, I'm leaving, I'm walking away and I'm done because this is too hard or too much or um, a million other reasons um, that could be, but it's helpful to have somebody that's been with you through a few things and also give you pretty clear and good guidance around for the next one. This is, I mean, I had her even say to me, this is Christine, this is what you've done before. This is not a challenge for you. You're Mm. you're taking something that's easier and all good. If you're clear on that, like like all good. (laughs) If you're clear on that, like, but don't mistake what, what, what's happening here. You know, you can tell a lot of people like, Oh, this is going to be this, or this is going to be that. And I'm going to learn so much. And she's like, I know you better than this. You could do this in your sleep or taking the easy way. And as long as this is part of your journey and maybe you need a breather. Okay. I'm here for that. Like, she's like all good, but don't mistake it. And don't try to sell me on that. It's like something else. (laughs) Yeah. I love that. Just being able to call out the BS, even if you don't even know it's BS. Right. And, you know, deep down, I'm like, "Mm, you're right. You know, and then I didn't make that decision, you know, so it was helpful to have that insight. It's helpful to have somebody who is, uh, knows you well enough to be able to challenge, uh, you even when they know, (laughs) even when you might not know it. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love that. I, I want to talk about um, 
and really kind of resurface playing the long game. We talked about that before. And in doing some research for you, uh, you know, on you before this, like, it seems like you're a giver. And like I see on LinkedIn, you've given 62 recommendations to people on LinkedIn, right? Like you're networking you a lot so on. Funny looking at that, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm not reading through everyone, but it stands out. Like you know, usually people give like you know two to five. You know, I've probably given yeah, like probably five or six. So 62 is the number. I'm like, oh shit, that's a lot. Like that takes time, and like that, you know, you're putting your name on you know whoever that person is. So like. I see that. I see you on LinkedIn connecting with people. You're part of Revenue Collected. I'm a collective. I'm part of that as well. So like, I'm just, I'm just inferring that you are a giver and that you're trying to build relationships and you're playing towards the long game with people. And I think that's just such an important concept for anyone that is getting into sales uh, to think. And it's hard to think about that when you're, you know, 24 years old yeah. um, and, and just starting out in your career. But can you speak to just your thought process on that and, and how that's impacted your career and, and how you hope it continues to impact? This is a good question. Um, so for me, caring about people and connecting with people is, is um, from a business perspective, is kind of that like, well, we're going we're gonna to dance together for a while. I'm not going to ask you to do for stuff. And at a point, if we can partner together, this is going to be so much fun. If not, mm -hmm. it's okay too. But I guess I look at, like, if you look at most of those recommendations, those are people that have been on my teams. Those are people that I uh, have directly worked for me or with me. And mm -hmm. I care deeply about them. Mm -hmm. And so for me, that has, that is no game. That is, that's a zero game. That's just my, I love them and mm. I would do anything for them. And if taking um, a few minutes and writing something and not, you know, um, they take me a while because I really do think about my people and what exactly, you know, Elise brought to the table, what I learned from her, what, um, you know, what Ryan Bender did and said one day that caused me to think differently about everything, other thing. Like I think about people. And so I don't want it to ever be like that conversation around the long game, the short game, all these other things. When it comes to people, there isn't a game. I just love them. Mm. I really do. And I have been so fortunate to have just incredible people around me that, um, that have, you know, I feel like, you know, when, when you're in a, a pickle or you're in a, and then having a tough quarter or a tough month and you look around and you can look at both your executive partners, you know, the people that are your peers and also look at your team and just know that like, we're, we're here for each other, man, there's just nothing better. There's just nothing better. Even when you are at midnight working, at least you're together. And so I think about that as if you can do anything while you're young and you're learning this, it is about being intentional and giving before you have much to give. So it is about mm -hmm. saying like, thank you. It is, doesn't take a lot. It just takes time to sometimes do that. I had a, someone write me a really kind um, LinkedIn message uh, a couple weeks ago and I could tell it was very thoughtful and very kind and just expressive around what specifically taking a spireship had done for this um for this person even though he didn't pass 
he didn't pass the course. He's like, I want you to tell me what I learned. I want to tell you what I learned. And I want, I'm grateful to you. And you know what? Like, I'm going to do whatever I can to help that guy get to where he needs to be, pass it, get him where he needs to be, like whatever we can do, because it's about, it's about expressing gratitude and starting early and being genuine, not just doing it because we're having this podcast. It's like, oh, let's ask another, you know, another thing to check off the list of things to do. But like, if you, I just think that's one of those things. If you start it now, if you start it when you're 22 to 24 and you're really like starting to figure out who you are and never take things for granted, you're going to be in such a good spot. That's so, uh, I mean, I, I want to drop the mic for you uh, on that. I love that because we get caught so often in my quota, my job, my this, my that, let's do this task, then that task. And maybe once in a while we take time to reflect on, you know, the holidays or something, or at the end of the year, like, oh man, you know, I'm really, I am really, you know, glad that I met this person or man, my boss or my colleague or my customer, whoever's like, and they're a great person. And like, I'm going to let them know, you know, once every five years. And um, I feel like taking that step back and understanding that like in the moment of like, wow, this team, this team is fucking awesome. Mm -hmm. Or these people. And like, you know, I know I've got a to-do list, but like talking to this person is more important. And like, you know, as an example, you know, uh, the CEO at, at the last company I was at is, um, you know, he's, he's an amazing leader and, you know, running a public company and doing all this stuff. And, but if someone had, like, if I had a question or if I had a problem, it did not matter. We're, we're sitting in his office for 90 minutes. Like he's blowing off, you know, whatever calls or things like, and we're handling it. Mm -hmm. And um, there's a handful of people that you meet that really like, you know, they're there with you. They know that they really do give a shit. They really do care. And um, you know, you just strike me as one of those people. And so I imagine that's why where you go there, you know, there are successful outcomes and there's great people that probably follow you and, and, you know, you kind of attract those types of people. And so I think if someone's starting out their career, Yes, you want to, you know, crush. I'm putting it in quotes. If you're not <laughs> watching it on YouTube, crush the phone or, you know, destroy your quota or, you know, whatever, you know, other verbs you want to throw in. But the people that you have around you and the relationships that you can develop with your colleagues, with your customers, with random people on LinkedIn can really not only pay off for you in the long run, but it just makes your life better and you make their life better. And that's what part of this is all about. That's, you know, it's not just all about the quota. No, I mean, how boring. I can't imagine. Like your <laughs> life is so much more enriching. Like you think about it and it's just, I um like, I love that we're in a business where we talk to people all day. I love that we're a business where we get to connect and I'm not, you know, I'm not well suited to be a coder and do these things or to yeah. be a billing person that just, you know, it's just not my jam. I'm grateful for those that do, by the way, but just not me. <laughs> but I just love, yeah, if it's not about the people, what are we doing? Like, it, mm. I mean, because it's just that. It's the, you know, we're having a conversation and the most pivotal conversations that I've probably had in business have not been scheduled, have not been one-on-ones, have not. It's mm. because somebody took the time in the moment to say, hold on a minute what did you just mean when you said that? Mm. How did that feel? Why are you, um, I, I'm sensing you getting agitated or somebody, you know, early in my career, even saying like, you're 
your body language is really pretty hot right now. Like what's going on and being able to have these moments where you're like, yeah, that stuff is never scheduled. But those are the moments that in, in like work life that you grow and you go, yeah, that I didn't like that either. Or, but wow, it's because I, um, you know, I had a little bit of trauma there around that before, or I got yelled at for something like that before, and I'm being more reactive than I want to be. But also when you get to leader, leader kind of position, don't miss it also. Like, don't miss it either. So when you're seeing it, like, wow, there's something going on here. I have something in 15 minutes, but I can really sense that right now is critical for this person sitting in front of me. And I'm going to make a choice to take the 15 minutes, or I'm going to take the 45 minutes or whatever it takes to get to it, because I'm not going to make my meeting um, you know, with one of the vendors that I do business with more important than a person that's sitting in front of me in pain or that needs me right now to help encourage, boost, lift them up, give them whatever they need, like being intentional and aware. And sometimes we just kind of go through the motions, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that it segues to aspireship in a sense that, you know, I love the concept that you, that you folks are helping people get from, uh, you know, either college or you know, another career, but help people get into, uh, you know, an SDR or a sales role, you know, likely in technology, because, you know, when I was in college, I didn't know this existed. Right. You know, I was like, <laughs> you know, I was a marketing major and, you know, my, the, the teachers were like, well, if you're ever the head of marketing at Nike, here's what you'll do. It's like, that's, I'm not going to do that. And it's like, there was no talk about sales. There's no talk about B2B. There's that, that just didn't exist. And, um, you know, I can speak from a personal example that, you know, my sister was in, uh, was a special ed teacher for 10 years and for a lot of different reasons, wanted to get out of it this year and made a transition to be an SDR, yeah. got the job and has been doing that the last probably six months and, and loving it. And, um, and you know, like loves the job and gets to talk to people and, you know, uh, compensation wise is going to be doing a lot better long-term than sure, she would as, yeah. a, as a teacher in Indiana. So, um, I just love the mission. So I'd love for you to talk a little bit about like what, what's the problem that, that you're solving and, and, um, and how rewarding it probably is to help, you know, you get those messages from, from people in the class that whether they pass it or they don't, or they get a job that you're really impacting people. Yeah. So we, um, you know, because I've been in multiple organizations that were consistently hiring um, salespeople, we were always having a hard time. Like, where do we get people that have what we're looking for as far as drive, um, um, the capability to learn, um, and, and, you know, all of those different things. And I, we'd find niches and pockets and, you know, what we started realizing, it did not have to do with experience. It really has to do with who they are. And if they have the proven capability and aptitude to do this work, so um, it, uh, we have grads through Aspireship that were teachers, that we have grads that have been um, personal trainers, stay-at-home moms. I mean, different people that we offer this course to say, this is a foundational course. This will get you started. This is not the end all be all for sales, but you're going to learn what it means to be in a technology company, what you need to do to be successful there, and also how to sell. And then you have to take a test and it's, uh, it's hard. And a lot of people get through the course and think like, whoa, I thought this was going to be a piece of cake. Well, selling is not a piece of cake. You have to be able to do it. 
So within our product, you're able to um, do role plays and test yourself and get through it. And then you have, we do score you. And if you score high enough through that, then what we do is we introduce you to companies that I have sold on the other side that I'm selling to sales leaders saying, I can find you amazing people that might not have three to five years of, you know, SaaS selling experience, but are highly intelligent, are learners, and they are excited to be in a company. They are happy to be there. They're not going to demand outrageous salaries because they're like, look, I'll show you I can make it. And they have the right mentality. That is exciting because I have great leaders on one side saying all all day, Christine, like give me people all day long who are excited and want to learn and, and may not look perfect on paper. They might not look perfect on paper, but who they are and who they're showing us that they can be and, and they actually get to see them doing the work that shows that they can do it. We're seeing a high level of success. So it is so rewarding. I love hearing these stories. I, um, we have a community, they, we stay close to them. Um, it's really important for us to make sure that we can be that sounding board, that we can be that community that stands for them and that helps them and that helps them continue growing. We're creating all kinds of different learning paths as well. So if people want to stay with us, maybe they get in as an ex- account executive, or maybe they get in a, as an SDR and want to move up or want to take a leadership class. We're going to provide those things as well. Cause we're having our candidates and grads come back and say, all right, What's next? Once I get in there, what do, what do I start needing to learn so I can become a manager? I want to lead people. What do I need? You know, and we want to be able to, to help them do that as well. Yeah. And what you mentioned, like some of the characteristics, like they might not look perfect on paper, but yeah. you know, they have some of these characteristics, but what do you see as maybe some of the situations where people uh, fall short, right? Like they think, oh, maybe I'll try this sales thing. And then for one reason or another, they figure out, uh, that's not right for me, or they don't go through the course, or like maybe mm-hmm. if someone's listening to this, they're like, maybe I'd like sales. Like, are there are there kind of common pitfalls that people run into, or maybe unexpected things that they think it's going to be easier than it is, or something like that? Yes. So uh, <laughs> one of the first classes, we actually have three people that worked um, pretty closely. Well, two of them worked directly for me at one point. One, she, she didn't, but she's at SAP now. Um, they've all kind of started from the bottom, moved up. And the very first class that they teach is an interview with the three of them. Like what's a day in the life actually look like? We get a lot of drop off after that one because yeah. people are like, oh, I'm emailing and like have to be on the phone for like three hours a day and making dials and doing different things. They're like, oh, you know, uh, or they're not tech savvy. That's another pitfall is if you can't pick up technology pretty quickly, you have to be able to do that. So a lot of times I'll say like, what's the last thing you learned how to use? Like mm. Zoom or this, or I had to program my kid's Xbox the other day and didn't even know how to do it. Great, that is a cluster. I know how, I know that's a big pain in yeah. the neck. Yeah, so it's <laughs> like making sure that you can hang. So those are some places where people could do more to make sure they understand. But really a lot of times I'd hire people and they just didn't know what the actual job was going to be. And so then they got in the role and they were like, oh, I'm like sitting at my desk all day long with a headset on. And like, yeah, I'm like, you know, with my, my friends here and I'm like, it's all cool. But like, I didn't realize that this was the job. So that is one of the main things where I would see people 
who maybe had been very successful in other sales jobs transitioned to my, my teams and then hate it. And it was like, so we're trying to make sure they really do understand what you're signing up for. What is the actual job? And are you excited by that? Do you like a, a more transactional? Like, are you a person that likes that hit of adrenaline? Like where I'm, I would come to my reps and go, a deal a day? I need one a day from you. What are you going to bring me? What do we have? Where's the pipeline? Mm. I'm building the pipeline. You don't like, do you like that? Or are you one that's a little bit more like, oh, I can, milestones make me feel better. And I can do these things. And I'm not necessarily looking for those quick hits. You know, these are important things to know about yourself. But we have a lot of people that don't complete the course. And then when we go back and ask them why, a lot of times they say, I just realized sales wasn't for me. That's, that's what I realized. I thought it was something different. I'm not exactly sure what people think it is, but they know through the course that that's not for them. And you know what, Tom, honestly, I'd rather that happen. Yeah. I do not want people to come into this space and be disappointed by it because it's an incredible opportunity. It really is for the right people. Yeah, I love the piece too about the different kind of things that fire them up because there are so many different types of sales. Mm -hmm. So there's some people that maybe just love to, you know, make cold calls and like love the quick transactional sale mm -hmm. and get fired up by that adrenaline. But some people that I know, like, you know, that are in sales and have been doing it for a long time, they struggled at the start because they weren't really, you know, they weren't, didn't have the best mindset maybe for prospecting or for like these quick transactional deals. But as they started doing bigger customer relationships and mm -hmm. longer term deals and got to build relationships with people, okay. they really flourished. So I think, you know, kind of scoping out, I know you can't start with that from the beginning. Uh, you got to earn your stripes, so to speak, but uh, to try to kind of understand and, and help guide people too, because there are different companies, different products, different roles within them. You are all kind of different flavors of, of sales. It's not just one mm -hmm. thing. And I think probably the path that is most common that works the best is to start in a transactional environment where there's a large total addressable market. If it's like SMB or something, then you're getting to know and getting good at what is my process here? How am I doing those things? And you get lots of at-bats. And I think that helps a lot. Um, I've not seen people really go the other way. And then I have seen all kinds of paths from that. I have hired, um, you know, new customer acquisition, the uh, highly transactional. And then I just hear, you know, him on the phone, just solving all the problems and doing all these things. I'm like, ah, he's really probably more of an account manager. Like, I bet you he's an incredible account manager. Move that one over to here. And then he just does so well over here yeah. is, at, you know, and, and you, it's a re very relational, very much like I got to fix their customer service problem and I'm going to upsell them. So like you could, but most of the time that's that first, you got to cut your teeth a little bit in that environment. And then, yeah, maybe you can move to mid-market. Maybe you can move to strategic. I've had lots of people move to partner roles where they're, you know, serving channel and partner and doing selling that way. So there's lots of different places to go. Um, within this space that it's not necessarily like, well, I'm going to do sales and then I'm going to get a senior sales uh, title and then I'm going to be a manager and then I'm going to be a director. It's like, there's so many things to do. So it, it's yeah. really a good one. Yeah. I love that. I love that. And um, as we're wrapping up here, first of all, I got to say, this was amazing. I love talking oh. to you and I, I love getting to know you better. And I think you just brought up a lot of great kind of counterintuitive points, especially if people are 
younger, maybe newer in sales, they have the stigma or like, I even feel sometimes I, I, I feel what you're saying, but I still sometimes get in my head, like, I don't have enough pipeline, don't have enough quota. Like I, I think about that type of stuff, maybe sometimes too much. And, um, you know, sometimes you have to, you know, focus more on the process and the people and the good stuff comes from that work versus just being, you know, super, you know, kind of hyper focused on whatever that number is. So, um, I love the conversation. I'd love for you to kind of outline for people first, uh, where they can find more about Aspireship if they do want to, you know, get into uh, a sales role or if they're an SDR and maybe they want to learn more or whatever stage they're in and they could use some more kind of training and education and then uh, where they can learn more about you and maybe get a LinkedIn recommendation from you or something or connect with you. Um, aspireship.com is our website and that is where you can sign up. You'll be able to find, uh, we actually have now like pieces of content so you can start to see kind of what the format's like. And so you can really get a good idea if it's for you. It takes about five minutes to sign up. We're not asking for anything. So it's definitely something that if you're thinking about selling or a lot of times people have heard their whole life, you should be in sales. You should be in sales. You've yeah. got the gift of gab, right? You should be in sales. If that's happened to you and you've just been a little bit nervous, like I'm not sure. And I don't know if I can do it. This will help you a lot. Mm-hmm. We'll help build your confidence. And we'll also let you know, like, oh, I got more work to do. Or, you know, these are the things that I'm going to have to get better at. So, um, so you can also find me there. Uh, I'm all over LinkedIn. I am absolutely somebody that I would love to connect with anybody. Um, and I also go to Thursday night sales. I think you've been there before, Tom. Yeah. Um, every Thursday night, I always go and it's a happy hour. Um, and that you can find on thursdaynightsales.com. You can sign up. It is a happy hour for salespeople. And so many of our grads have come to that. And that's how we've all gotten to know each other. And mm. so far we've gotten multiple of our kind of people that we met in that happy hour have come through a spyship and also been placed in jobs. So like, it is a fantastic networking opportunity. And also just it really like is a community hundreds of people, of, hundreds of yeah. people every single week, people are answering questions. They're meeting people. Like you're saying that you could get a job that way. I mean, that's like, you know, in a world where we're all stuck in our homes, that that's yes. the best like uh, live activity that I know of as a salesperson right now. Well, or market, as a, no somebody who's questioned, like maybe, maybe right. I want to be in selling and you know, you know, what's funny. One of my friends came and then he never came again. And he's like, mm, that wasn't for me. I was like, Oh, you're yeah. Cause you're not like a sales. You're not like, he was trying to decide if he was a salesperson. I'm like, you're, he's actually a sales engineer made all the sense in the world. Like yeah. once he started figuring out that's more my jam, like, yep, that makes sense. That's why you're not as enthusiastic and high after that. Like I'm excited. I'm drinking my wine, having my snack, yeah. having a good time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a good time. I love it. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, Christine, I appreciate the time. Um, everyone check out Aspireship, add Christine on LinkedIn, follow yeah. her. Check out Thursday Night Sales. Um, and we'll, for everyone else, we'll be back next week with another episode. Awesome. Thanks so much, Tom. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for checking out that podcast. I hope you saw value, uh, whether you're you know working out right now or doing the dishes or uh, you know laying around the couch, whatever you're doing right now while you're listening to this podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you found some value. If you did, the only thing that you can do to really help me out is to share this podcast with a friend share it on social media, and please subscribe wherever you're listening, Apple, Spotify, YouTube, wherever it is, and leave a review on Apple if that's where you're listening.
that that's what helps us to spread reach, helps us to get better guests uh, like the one that you heard just now, um, and to give you as much value as possible. So connect with me, uh, LinkedIn, Kamalemo, uh, uh, Instagram, Twitter, Tommy Tahoe, and subscribe, leave a review, and make it a great day. Peace. Thank you so much.